0: I'm Mark Hummel and this is Mark Hummel's harmonica party. I'm sitting here with a guy I've known forever, Rick Estrin. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about the blues and Rick's life and all of his adventures and but just not, life, yeah. life in just general. see where it goes. Yeah, all right. So um, you just had a birthday? Yeah, a couple, of books. what's this, November? No, it's December now. Yeah, it's yeah, December so now, and you October 5th, October 5th, had a birthday. October fifth, yeah. And how old did you turn? Seventy four. Seventy four, right? Hard to believe, man. Hard to believe. I, I don't know. Who what would have happened. said it could happen? I don't. Not many people, if that knew me when I was young, <laughs> man. But, but yeah, I just look. So yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm Mr. Magoo. Just, <laughs> Mr. Magoo just everything happening floating through me. life I while just, everything's I'm falling all, apart I'm around. Oblivious, you. right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Rick was born in San Francisco? Yes. Is that right? Yes. And uh, you went to high school in San Francisco? For about 30 days. Is that what it was? 30 yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. And I was suspended for most of that time. Wow. But it wasn't just because I was bad. I was troubled. Right, right. Was, you know, my, my my dad, my father died right after I got into 10th grade. So, okay. Uh so that was kind and, of the. I had just turned 15, I think. And, right. And, he, he, and then, A, nobody in the house could kick my ass. And I was also, um, you know, gr- consumed with grief and guilt and mm-hmm. all kinds what of What was things. your relationship like with your dad? Not good. Not good. Not good. Were you pretty I mean, rebellious? I was, yeah, I was a hard head. And he was. Um, uh, disciplinary rigid, rigid type of guy right. and you know and he came up getting his ass kicked so he thought that was a good uh, you know way to make somebody comply. Yeah. and I was a very obstinate kid and we just butted heads man so consequently I I felt guilty when he died because he would always tell me you're killing me you know and right I mean, oh. he would tell me you're, you know you're killing your father you know because he had a heart condition man. He oh, fuck. No. So, so it was it was it was not good and uh and but not long after that I I, I started playing harp and that gave me something to hang on to. So were you 15 when you started? I think I was like 15 when I got one. I don't know that I really started. There was one, a time, like one day, one incident. I might've been 16 by then. When I just, uh, somebody gave me another harmonica. There was this band that lived down the street from my mother's house and they, had uh, they they all lived together in a, in this house, you know, and who were like like a British invasion, uh, copy covered right. band kind of, but but they I think they were, you know, semi serious about their career, you know, because they had professional hair and everything. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, but the guy who was the leader of that band back then, I could kind of sing, and. Um, he heard me singing, and he said, "Man, you ought to learn how to play the harmonica." And he gave me a harmonica, and that right, ab- you know, that same day, I went in a room in his house, like an empty room, and I just stayed in there for hours. And the drugs may have been involved; I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but I stayed in that room for hours and hours until I. I'm sure I, you know, no doubt about it. I must've sounded like shit, but, but something clicked in my head where I I. told myself, I could, look, I could do this. Right. I could do this, you know, and I was lucky enough to, like I have an older sister. Right. She was like five and a half years older than me. So I, uh, and she was kind of like by the, by the time I was about twelve, or maybe even younger than that, she was like a little beatnik kind of you was know. Was that Debbie? No, no, Diane. Oh, okay. a couple years younger than me, but okay. But um, she was like a beatnik, you know, in in high school, and she had a couple Jimmy Reed albums. She had uh, albums by. Um, uh, Nina Simone, Mose Allison. Wow. She had a couple of Mose Allison records I really dug in. Right. And, and she had, um, and those Jimmy Reed records, that was the first blues harmonica I right. ever heard. And she had a record by, I remember, Big Bill Brunzi, wow. and She had a record by a champion, Jack Dupree called Blues from the Gutter. And I, re- I dug that record and I really dug that title right because <laughs> I, I could have been the, a band the, title <laughs> the type of, well the type of dude you know, that was just yeah. my mentality right. Man. right and I was right. I was gravitated to the gutter man you know, <laughs> I just, so so yeah so I had that also you know in my you know I've been hearing that stuff I've been listening to that stuff so I had when I started playing You know, like I said, my father had just died and it just gave me something. I needed something to focus on. I needed somewhere to channel my feelings and something to, you know, occupy myself. Occupy yourself, yeah. And I got... You know, you, when you're a kid, man, you know, you do the same yeah. thing, I'm sure. I mean, I I just played all day. Yeah, and, oh yeah. And so, you, when you're a kid, and if you put in the time, you can get pretty good, pretty good. You quick. can, yeah. So, I, uh, like a fucking little Harrell, man. Harold. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, man, you yeah. see how good that oh, guy's is getting? he's incredible. You know, yeah, just, he's I mean, incredible. you just watched it happen yeah. so quick. Yeah, man. no kidding. Yeah, so, so yeah. you can get good, quick. Yeah, and I started getting positive, you know, reactions from right. people for it, and that meant the world to me then because I, you know, because I was a fuck up basically, yeah. you know, yeah. I was just a fuck up, and I needed, you know. So, did your friends like dig what you were doing as far as music, um, or did they not kind of? They, you know, some. You? I think at first I got on everybody's nerves, but right, but. Um, I think after a while, a couple of my friends. I mean, we were, you know, I was also into drugs at the time, right? You know, and I got into, you know, kind of hard drugs and stuff. You were you know? into hard drugs as a teenager? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, when I was like, when I was fifteen, we were shooting crank. Me and my friends, and <laughs> oh, man. and and then, and then uh, I got hepatitis. Wow. And we all did, and yeah. and I was in the hospital and stuff, and then. I, so I didn't sh- do any crank for a while because I was scared to. Mm-hmm. Made a few months or something. And then when I tried it again, something had happened and my metabolism changed or something. And I hated it and it made yeah. me feel horrible. So mm-hmm. consequently, I only tried it about seven or eight more times. <laughs> and, 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 and then the last time I tried it, I was like, fuck. And I was with this friend of mine who had had the same... Uh, the same uh, timeline with it, that I did, and and he felt the same way, you know. Just and we were go, both going out of our mind. I remember we walking down H Street, drinking Ripple, man, just pounding down rip bottles of Ripple, just trying to take the edge off. And then all of a sudden he goes, "Man, I know what I know what we can do." And heroin. Yeah, and that was that, <laughs> uh, that was. So what year was that? Do you remember? Was oh, that sixty eight? Probably sixty eight. Yeah. Sixty eight, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when I heard heroin kind of moved into yeah, 68, the. Hate. Yeah. Sixty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was sixty eight because I was that that year. Of... So were you into the hippies or not really? Oh, when it first started, yeah, kind of was. Uh-huh. And then once I got into more of, uh, once well really once I got into blues. Then you did. Really got you know. into blues, then I was like, too cool for- Right, to too hippie, cool for you know? school. Yeah, <laughs> I was an idiot, man. You know, right. I, I, I I mean, I was such an idiot that like, you know, I, or not, I was just so into it and I wanted to, I wanted to be this thing right? so bad part of that, it. you know, I wouldn't even listen to any white people or anything. Right. And I just was just a snob, even before I could, do anything that was worth anything, I was a snob. Right. So, (laughs) so just, you know, but kids are silly. Yeah, no, I know, I was the same way, man. I just stopped listening to the white guys after I found the old cats. Uh, But yeah, so, yeah, I did so I just, for, I don't know how long, man, I remember time. Well, I mean, when I met you, I was still on methadone, maintenance. Right, I remember, you know? yeah. So and that was like 74, I think? 70, 70, 74, 75? 70, I think it was 75 or 76. I think you're right. Because yeah. I was in Chicago yeah. most of the time from 70 to the end of 75, right. I think, so. But yeah, and so. And I think you might have just been back for a minute when I met you. Is yeah, that right? Maybe so. Yeah. Because I kept going back and forth. Yeah. I already mean, had an eye patch on. Oh, uh, I was trying to figure out how to make my eyes go do. I was trying to correct your vision. Yeah, trying to right. correct my vision, right. man, because I didn't have glasses right. for a long time. And you had like a wandering eye or something. Yeah, didn't you? yeah, yeah. Carol had that too. still do. Carol had that too. Yeah. Yeah. But, um,. Uh, yeah, that was such a great, <laughs> such a great story, because I, I called, I've told you this a million times, but I called up this guitar player, and he was like, he had a little ad in the paper or something that said wanted blues harmonica player. I thought, oh good, this is my chance, and I called a guy up, and he goes, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really into uh, blues harmonica, and uh, I'm looking for somebody, but this guy Rick Estrin just called me. And he says he plays, so he's gonna be playing with me tonight. Yeah. So I came down to your gig and you're wearing a, a green army coat. Yeah. Like and uh and you were playing, and this guy was just like he was a Jimi Hendrix wannabe. And the guy was like playing at a zillion miles an hour. This black guy he thought he was Jimi Hendrix, he was just playing loud as shit, man. And you're playing like through the PA and you couldn't hardly hear you. Yeah. And so I just walked up to you and I introduced myself to you and you go. Yeah, let's go outside. <laughs> and the guy had a great big like uh wash basin with all the money. Oh, like a tip jar. <laughs> yeah, thing? tip jar with a big old wash basin. You just go up to it and you just grab a boatload of money and stick it in your pockets and split right in the all middle right, of the really cake. To go back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that was <Man>. great though. <laughs> yeah, I I was. I think we hung out at the donut shop yeah, or something. I think we do. Yeah. We went across the street to the yeah. donut shop and talked about well. We were, were out on we something. were out on the street and we we're blowing hard oh, playing. Yeah, yeah, oh, we're playing. Okay. And I remember um, I was playing the creeper for you. And you go, wow, you're doing it like he does it live. <laughs> you're doing a bunch of stuff I never heard. Before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah man. But I want to say. You hooked up with Charlie, it seems like about a year later, wasn't it? Yeah. With yeah, Charlie was It wasn't, wasn't long after I came back from Chicago. I mean, I don't know if I was there for a visit or what, but like the end of 75, I came back and mm-hmm. I, and I came, yeah, that was, this is the weirdest story ever, man. Well, close. Anyway, <laughs> it, was, it's, it trips me out whenever I think about it, because Anyway, so I came back to San Francisco, had a drug habit, right? I, I um, got signed up for methadone maintenance again, yeah. and that's when I met. Uh, you, you were definitely know, on methadone uh, met again. You know, that was like the second time I was on it for an extended period right. of time, and uh, I. So uh, that was in the Tenderloin where the clinic was. And I met this chick that was on it, that lived upstairs from the methadone clinic, mm-hmm. and so, hey, you know. <laughs> how convenient. Yeah, I mean, that was attractive to me, Yeah, you know? and plus she was, you know, a sporting lady, you know. Right. So, so you know. You had it made. Yeah, well, that's. For a man. That was my mentality. Right. At the time, but the problem was that that mentality wasn't working for me anymore, you know. Right. And after, and she was a good person, man. she was a talented musician too. You really. Know? She she uh, yeah, she could play piano. She played guitar, she sing really good, and hmm. and she uh, could write songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, she was a dope fiend, and she and Is she still alive? No, she died. But but I did hear from her. She she lived longer than thought expected yeah. yeah wow yeah. And, and and I did hear from her um, she was from New Jersey and she had moved back to New York <clears throat> but um, yeah she sent a, a letter to alligator at one Wow time. yeah yeah that was crazy years ago but but um, anyway so that was my life you know I'd go you know, Come down, wake up in the morning. Have some coffee. Go downstairs. Get my get my methadone. You know, wait around for my juice to kick in. You know, sit around and tell lies with all the other dope fiends at the. There was a Chinese coffee shop across the street. And mm-hmm. Just sit in there, and all the meth. The Jay Peterson called it the Methadone for Lunch bunch, <laughs> and, and so. I would do that, you know, that was my routine. And so, but after about, I guess I had been living with her for maybe less than a year, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was standing, and there was this other guy on methadone named uh, Walter Black, who uh, who was from Houston, Texas. And he uh, had known uh, I don't know if he knew him, but he just was a fan of Travis Phillips, who I right. used to play with. Right. And he, uh, so when I told him, I asked him if he knew Travis, and he was like all oh, that you know, I told Did him you I used, used to play, play with him. him. And so he, so that gave me some status with him, right? Mm-hmm. So and he was a good guy and he was, you know, he was one of my friends on the methadone program there. So, right. and, and there was this other guy so I'm standing, you know, we're, I'm standing out in front of the Methodon Clinic after a few months on it, with Walter Black and this other guy, uh, Buster Dubinay. Hmm. Buster Dubonet was a a dealer, and he was also, I think, he was Creole or something. You know, so he had, you know, the pretty, dude, you know, right. And and this this. Uh, we're just st- standing on the sidewalk and this bookmobile pulls up to the methadone clinic. And this bookmobile had like a TV screen on the outside of it that would show movies, you know, or Whew. show whatever, I don't know. I don't think they had, they didn't have videotape then. I don't, I, but it was playing this movie, um, The Blues According to Lightning Hopkins. Oh, okay, yeah. So... We're just standing there looking at this movie, and and uh, there's this one part where Billy Byers right is, crying in is the pillow drunk and yes, he's yeah. laughing and crying, right. rolling yeah. on the right. floor and playing the harp. Right, so right. I, you know, and I was, I by that time I was like 25 or something, mm-hmm. but I was still extremely immature. <laughs> so so I got like this attitude, i not going, man, no, shit, I played better than that motherfucker, you know. <laughs> And and Buster Dubnay under his breath, he goes, "Yeah, sure, you're right." But <laughs> so like you know. And, but in that moment, yeah, I just got mad at myself, man. Yeah, like, for I'm, saying that. You mean no? I got mad at myself for wasting my fucking life. Oh, man. I see. Yeah, you know, right. And and I and and prior to that, maybe probably even before. I met you. Mm-hmm. I had gone. I just got back to town, and I went with Sonny Lane. Right. Oh, he had a red Eldorado. Right. Just I remember got that. It. Yeah. And 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 I went with Sonny Lane to go see Luther Tucker play. Right. And and we went with uh, Sylvia. Yeah. Little Walter's sister right. Sylvia and mm-hmm. Lula. Right, the other sister. Right, yeah. and so we went with these two chicks to go go to this show and stuff, and and at that gig, I saw little Charlie who I had met before when he like a few years before. Oh, I, at the Muddy. He, yeah. Well, no, I, I met him. He I saw him there too, but when right. I first met him, it, he just called me up out of the blue. Gary Smith had given him my phone number because he just, okay. he wanted to meet me, you know. Right, right. And and um, and at the time, I was like, man, I'm not playing much. I think I was on methadone, the first time then. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing nothing. Nobody knows how to play this shit, man. Fuck it up, you know? Right. I just I had a terrible, you know, just pitiful, <laughs> pitiful, I was a pitiful fucking idiot, man. And and so um, when I went to that. Luther Tucker gig a couple years later or whatever and I saw little Charlie again, he told me he had moved to Sacramento and that he was playing more guitar now and that maybe if I, I wrote down his phone number on a matchbook cover right. and he said uh, I might be ready to try to play together because we talked about maybe playing together because he, he had learned all these guitar parts that right. go with the harp to show guys that were playing right, with him, because he was a right. harmonica player there. Yeah. So he, he gave me his phone number on this matchbook cover and he said, "Maybe give me a call in about six months and hmm. um, I think uh, you know, I might be ready to try you know, playing with you then. So when I was out in front of their, that clinic, looking at that bookmobile and making an idiot out of myself, And I got pissed off, you know, just, you know, I know, you know what, I I can remember thinking in my mind, and fuck this, I can do something, you know, I know how to do something. And so I, I went around the corner up the stairs, went in our, that apartment. And I went right to that matchbook cover, man, that would have been there for six months. Really? I hadn't even thought about it, you know, and it was just right there, and I knew exactly where it was suddenly, you know, and I went right to that matchbook cover, and I called them up, and, you know, I don't know when it was, a week later, you know, we had, had some shitty gig a week later, and... I went up there on a the greyhound, and I wow. did that a couple of different times. Yeah, a went up there on the greyhound. Yeah, and then uh, and then it seemed like it was going to work, and we decided we'd try it. And Steve Samuel said I could stay on his couch, you know. Wow. And and uh, and uh, you know that's what happened, man. And now you guys had, I think, Kenny Ray playing. He was playing guitar. Well, he well, so that guitar. Charlie could play hard. Yeah, Charles. And then, would, then that way you guys right. would swap out and do like half the set each. Yeah, because yeah. Charles, it, how it was for a while, when Kenny was in the band was, Charles would play the first set on hard. Right. And Kenny would play. And then after that, I, I he'd bring me up and then I'd play the rest of the night and, right. and him and Kenny would both play the right. The other thing is I have heard Charlie was not a good singer, so it was like you know. I mean, he he. I always thought that, yeah. But like later on, I listened to some, uh, some old tapes. recordings of him, uh-huh. and he didn't have an unpleasant voice. Yeah. He didn't, I don't know what it was. it was, it was just kind it. of a stiffness or it could, something. Something, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what it was. It, it, yeah. But I was I was surprised that, you know. Huh. Yeah, because I remembered it like that. But then when I heard it later, I was like, hey, it sounded, you know, there was something okay. kind of okay about it. Huh. You, know? you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know. It wasn't wasn't Bobby, God awful. Wasn't Bobby Blue Bland. Anything, <laughs> you know? But, you know, and then too, at that time, like I said, when I was younger, I, I, I could kind of saying, you know. Yeah, so, no, I remember. So that, yeah. that you know, the, there was a more of a contrast, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you, you kind of had an entertainer's attitude all along. Yeah, alone. well, because yeah. as a kid, you know, yeah. when I wasn't being a, uh, a drug idiot, I was hanging around with Roger Collins. Right. I, I had too much respect for him to bring that shit around him, man. I right. Was always, but he... You know, he was a great entertainer, and he was right. gen- very generous with me, man. And, just, and I think, wasn't the first guy you sat in with Lowell? Yeah, Lowell. Lowell Folsom, Yeah, that man. was the first guy I ever right. sat with that, that. And that was the, in, like, Hunter's Point or something? That was at, at the Club Long Island. Right. Yeah, I went to see and Lowell. And you said he, you got a gig at him. I did, yeah. yeah. He, yeah, at the time, he had a record on KDIA called Blue's Pain. Right, right. And I really dug that siren, I remember that, I heard that on the uh, advertisement on the radio that he was gonna be there, so I went there. Right. And I mean, that, that, you know, and I mean, I stuck out, man, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure this was before Dr. King got shot, so it was a little different. Okay, so it was like 67, maybe? Yes. Early sixty-eight something. Yeah. I can't. I wish. Right. I wish I was better with that stuff. But, right. but, yeah. So I, I was with this friend of mine that was a talker. Right, and he somehow talked talk, his way into them letting me sit in and Lowell mm-hmm. was really cool man because yeah. there was a house band he could have stuck me up there with you know without him right he they introduced him ladies and gentlemen start time you know reconsider baby you know black yeah. nice yeah. and all that stuff and and he got up there and he was, before i get into my show i'm gonna bring up this young man to play the harmonica and people were like, what the fuck, you know? You <laughs> know, looking, you know, because, you know, people were laughing and stuff. Right, I mean. right. And and then I got like halfway into the, about a verse and a half, the whole place just right ran out of their mind yeah. because I was a novelty. Generally. Well, I think it was, the, it, it could have been also that, and I mean, this was my experience was that when you did that, People kind of could feel if you were really into it. Oh, they could tell. They could they feel, could feel, feel could if you would I listen for, to the music yeah, and you knew no, what they, you they, were they doing. Absolutely, yeah. they could tell I was for real. Yeah, yeah. and, maybe and they, I think that they, made a huge difference oh, with, with the audience. Absolutely, yeah. so then, yeah, so after that, uh, the guy, Emmett Kennedy, that owned the club, uh, gave me a gig opening for ZZ Hill. Wow. And I opened for ZZ Hill in that club for uh, a week. Wow. And so, you know, because they they would, it was like an old time floor right. show, kind of, right. almost like Vaudeville days, oh, yeah. where they would have a, you know, they'd have a band that played for, because it was a nice nightclub, you know. Right. Uh, it, it, they'd have a band that played for people dancing and stuff, and they'd play the latest hits and stuff, and then they would have, um, first they'd bring up somebody, like sometimes a comedian or or like Shake the, dancer, something, yeah, something right. like that. Yeah, right. yeah, and and like that night with Lowell, the 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 novelty act that opened the show was this guy Iron Jaw oh, Wilson. Right. You told he, me about him. He, he, he would pick up <laughs> chairs and tables <laughs> and in, his, his in his teeth and <laughs> stuff with drum rolls and stuff. And and you know, make a big dramatic thing out of it the, and. You know, he threw one chair by one leg. And, right. and then he'd he, he two chairs together, and did two chairs, and, he, you know, for, for a finale, he'd pick up, you know, a couple chairs and a table, you know, all in his, all in his teeth. He must have had a great dentist. Oh, man. He, but what was really a trip, too, about that, and I know I'm going all over the place, no, I apologize. No, this funny. But, but um, I, I saw him, like, I think maybe i don't know if red fox was on strike from sanford and son or what was happening but it was a few years later and he had a a summer you know how they would have those went summer replacement for shows right like just they'd have a show that in between seasons right. so they had a summer replacement variety show where red it was the red fox show huh. a variety show yeah. and every week Iron Jaw Wilson was on there. Wow, he was the he. he was he, they. Red Fox would be like a newscaster, and he would or uh, or something like that, and he would he would say, you know, uh, and you know, Henry Kissinger is you know uh, negotiating right now with Khrushchev and and blah blah blah, and, and he then he'd be like, what do you think of that? Uh, sir and and Iron Jaw Wilson would would go like. Well, can can Henry Kissinger do this? And they'd, they'd pick up <laughs> you know pick up some shit in his teeth, man. Was, but I was like, wow, man, he's left he left me Iron Jaw on made famous man. You <laughs> he know, finally yeah. made it. That was good. cool, man. So yeah, yeah they would have. And then, then another time I went there. This was before I uh, was working there. Right. I went there and they had um, this guy named Geronimo who would roller skate on tabletops and he'd jump from <laughs> tabletop, these little, you know, they had the tabletop. Remember that little round bar-type yeah. tables, you know, cocktail lounge tables, little round <laughs> tables, and he would he would leap from table to table on <laughs> roller skating. awesome, man. Yeah, that was, man, it's... I'm so glad, you know, that I got to be around. Right, for stuff like some that. Stuff. That's gone. that gone. Stuff is yeah. just that long gone. Good I mean, I was gone. at the yeah. tail end right. of it, you know. But yeah. they would have a novelty act like that. Then they would have like a singer, usually somebody singing the hits of the day, you know, right. some good singer, you know. Um, and then they would have the headliner, you know, and and that we when I first went there, Lowell was the headliner, and then when I. Uh, got the gig there, ZZ Hill was the headliner, and I was like the guy that, you know, like, because I'm a white guy doing blues, man, <laughs> right. so I was like a, you know, like, the freak. like, like yeah, I was yeah. Some, some Did you get to know ZZ Hill at all? Guy. Not really, I was, I was, I wasn't scared of just kind of being there, but I was intimidated yeah. by, you know, fuck that ZZ Hill, you right. know, and I, he was nice to me. He was mm-hmm. super nice, man. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I. Right. But the, another thing that happened to me while I while I was right when I was just gonna start there. Like maybe the day before or a couple days before I was gonna start my week long run there. Yeah, I was at my friend's house who uh, was the guy that I went there with to see uh, Lowell. And I was at his house and I heard like some blues guitar coming through the wall, you know? And it was a, a an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And it was this my friend was a like a criminal. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was even a good guy, but he was my friend. <laughs> uh, and and this whole apartment building was all hustlers and, you know, of different types and right. stuff. And I heard this guitar coming through the wall and I, you know, I was just naive, you know. And I went out and it was right across the hall. So I just knocked on the door and it was Fillmore Slim. Wow. And that's when I met Fillmore and he invited me in. Yeah. And I, and I told him I was playing there at, at, at the club on island right. uh, starting, you know, the next night or something. Right. And he came to the gig with yeah. Roger Collins. Wow! He had this other guy with him, all kind of diamonds and props. So was that how you met Roger Collins? Yeah. And, wow. And, 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 and I thought, oh, this guy must be a pimp too. But he wasn't, he was, you know, he was just, he was an entertainer. And I mean, right. he had a famous record that I already knew, but I didn't know who he was when what I saw him. What a trip, it. man. Yeah. So that's how I met him, and that's how I met Fillmore. Yeah. And that was really so. How old were you when you met 18? Fillmore? Were you like 18? 18. I think wow. I was 18. He always says, hey, He was in my band when he was 15, but I don't. <laughs> I, I, it felt I, like I you think were think 15 to him. <laughs> yeah, I think I was 18. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, Roger Collins is somebody you actually worked with for how long? A year or oh, two? Um, no, no. I on and real off, short. I would do some of the little stuff for him. Didn't you go uh, to England with him? No, I, I went to England. This girlfriend of mine took me to England. Oh, but but, but, uh, but I thought it had something to do with Roger. No, Green. no. Oh, but um, but but Roger, I did. You know, I worked with Fillmore quite a while. I mean, really, I worked with Fillmore like five nights a week for about six months. Really, at this one club called the Playpen in, in on Divisadero Street in the Fillmore really? district. And and with Fillmore and Travis Phillips. And oh, so that was them yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't Travis. realize that. That's where I met Travis. Was he oh, was Fillmore's guitar player? Remember oh, that? I didn't realize that. Man. And then then Fillmore left that gig, and because um, he because they were building the uh, Alaska pipeline, right? So he took a bunch of ladies up to Alaska, right. and he so he left the gig. So but then me and Travis still stayed there, and we had that gig. And he sang. Travis sang. Awesome. was a yeah. play. great man. Right. He's a monster. He would have been, if he wouldn't have died so young. You know, he he had some drug problems too. Now, did he put out like forty fives? He or something? made some forty fives, yeah. and he yeah. made some. And there's also some stuff that came out that hadn't been released on. Uh, came out on Fly Right. Oh, really? Yeah, on those albums. Um, and he also. Was on. This is when he was a teenager, man. He played on uh, uh, some uh, Clifton Chenier. He was in Clifton's. So was he from Houston or something? He was from Houston. Yeah. Okay. And and he, um, yeah, he he was he was killed, man. Yeah. And and he had, and like I remember from when I was in Chicago, I, I I went and saw Freddie King. He went. He must have been a good guy, man. He he was like this was when he had the. You know Leon Russell records out. Right, he was shelter playing, stuff. Playing yeah. festivals. And right, he was a big deal, and he came to Chicago and played on the West Side with uh, at Tom's Musicians Lounge, which was a uh, T.J. McNulty who was a drummer, and he had been Freddie King's drummer back in the day, way back, you know, yep. and Big Mojo. Who I knew from because I right. worked with the him in Sam yeah. Lay's band. Yeah. So B, B, T.J. and 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 Big Mojo and Freddie King was a trio back in way you know in the what a trip. early fifties mid fifties or yep. something. And so he it was T.J.'s bar, and Freddie King came in and played a Wednesday night just to wow. help his pal out. Right. That's, that's awesome. So I was there. And uh, Freddie King would come out on the sidewalk, and I asked him if he ever knew Travis, and he goes, "Oh man, goes, when I first went to Houston, Texas, that I had the baddest band in town." And wow! He tell him, you know, telling me all oh, how great he could sing and how great he could play and all that. What stuff. a truck, man. Cool, man! Yeah, so yeah Travis pretty was pretty heavy. Travis was tough, man. And and another and two like years after we, you know. I don't know, I'm not good with time, but you know, less than 10 years ago, I remember asking Lester, Lazy Lester, right. if he knew Travis, and he goes, oh man, I always wondered what happened to that cat, man. And then he goes, "He goes, I remember watching him play, man, and, and then he did like an impression of, and it looked just like the way Travis would look when he would play, because when he would play, he yeah. would never look at his fingers. Hmm. He'd just be looking up. That's like heavy duty, man. yeah. Never, That's a guy never, that plays guitar hand, a lot. Man. Never look at his hands, man. Yeah. 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 What a trip, man. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So, so anyway, so after Fillmore went to Alaska, Travis and I kept that gig for about six more months. And during that time, too, because I was just into it, man. I just learned to play. Right. And, and getting some, you know, good, I mean, it was like, I was into something. You know? Right. And that's when I met Jerry Portnoy. Okay. Because, so that was 68 then. Yeah, because yeah. because he uh, he was in San Francisco. He got out of the Army. And right. And his sister was living in San Francisco. Right. So he came to San Francisco. And he was just trying to learn to play too, you know. Yeah. And, and we met at the, there used to be a, a, a little record store on Stanion and Frederick in the Haight called the New Geology Rock Shop. Now, is that the one where you told me you met Al Blake? One I did. Time? I met yeah. him in there too. Right. I and and but I met Jerry in there. Right. And I you know, we became pals. We were both trying to figure it out and I'd right. figure something out and he'd figure something out. We'd show each other yeah. what we were learning. That helps. And everything. Yeah. It was it was just cool, man. And yeah. then, and I had a gig, you know, so right. He would come see me play with Travis and oh, film more okay. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And that that is where I met Al Blake too. And that was a trip too, man. Yeah, you told me to show you the Blake album before that because yeah. You know, I'm looking at these records and he asked me, he goes, you, you know, you, you like that stuff? And blah, blah, blah. I, I think I was looking at a Junior Wells album or something. Right. And he took me way across town where he lived. I mean, he lived way over in the Mission District. I didn't even Out know he mission. lived up here. He lived in San Francisco. Wow, no, I, I had lived no a, idea. A, lived a, on this little tiny alley street called Godeus. Hmm. And it was a, it was a, all, like almost famous kind of location because it had the cheapest rent in, in the whole city. Really? This, this this one place where he lived was like a tiny little house. What right a in trip. Alley. And, and uh, it was like 50 bucks a month or something. And, <laughs> and anyway, he took me over there and he played me 45s and 78s wow. and shit that I had never heard, man. Right. And, it was just... I was just opened so it up. On, it was just blowing my mind. I was yeah. so into that shit. And right. Me, and I was just hearing all this. Because back then, you remember, all you had was, like, the best of Muddy Water. Right, the best right, of the world, right. Or, you know, there wasn't...
1: No, you, hearing you know, the 45s. Hearing all this, those 45s, yeah. man,
0: were... Yeah. And, and and Charlie I mean, was... Little Charlie was collecting them, too. He may have been, but not then, man. Like, back really? then... Really? Well... If I was eighteen, he was like. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. Yeah. So he, you know, I mean, he was into it. He was into it then, but I don't know if he was not to that degree. But Al Blake had all that stuff, and I and then I remember too. He, uh, you know, I had to leave, or he, you know, he was kicking me out or something. And and he just right before I left, he played like. Uh, like a John Lee Williamson kind of into right. like Junior Wells or right. something like that, and, then, and was hitting the the split, you know, the partial, the partial course, seventh chord yeah. right. thing and the and the octave on the one and the four and stuff, and and I was like, I didn't know how to do that yet, you know, right? And I was like, How'd you do that? Right? And he, he's he's like, Hey, I can't tell you everything. Yeah, like, I was lucky because I, like, I remember I had the same problem. I was like, I'm going. What do you do? Do you put tape over the middle? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Because yeah. I heard Taj do it. I actually heard yeah. Taj oh, yeah. was he do one... it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it was like that's that where was I his really style heard it. Yeah. Of, yeah. And I and I heard that and I went, There's gotta be a how do you figure out how to do that? And this friend of mine goes, he goes, Oh man, all you do is put your tongue in between really? the two yeah. notes, yeah. you know? But, yeah. But that was, well, that's man. a trip, man. I remember that. Yeah, that you were telling me. Now, did you, you used to go to Strachwitz's record store, too? I. Uh, what happened was, okay, right around that same time, when I w- 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 it was probably a little bit after meeting out Blake there. Right. And I was, but during the period of time when I was playing with Travis and Fillmore, like that was on, the, the playpen was on like uh, Divisodero and Grove or Divisodero and Fulton. Right, same up there. yeah, by the hand And I lived on Oak and Scott, which is like, you know, just one block off Divisodero. So right. I would walk to the gig, you know. Right. And, and on Paige and Scott, which was like one block away from me, was this record store called Jack's Record Seller. Right. And, and he had a lot of weird oddball uh, records and not a whole bunch of blues but old jazz and old right old weird stuff man you know yeah. there was some blues in there but Chris Strachwitz in the base had, had rented the basement from this guy and he had the the basement he used that to store all the duplicates of his private collection ah, okay so he so when I, I I talked to him I saw him just happened to see him Pull up there in his car, and he was trying to catalog all this shit. Mm-hmm. And and he let me come in there and just go through all that stuff. And you know, I I'd, I'd be like, well, how much for this? And you know, some some chest forty-five, little Walter forty-five, go oh, a dollar. You know, or or or. I can remember, uh, like, a Cobra 45, he'd be like, oh, that's pretty rare, $3, you know. So, <laughs> and so anytime I saw his car there, right. I would go, yeah. down <laughs> there. go down there. I yeah. wish I would have had money then, you know, right. because, I mean, I didn't have, you know, right. I didn't have money. Yeah. But, but that was really cool, too, you know. Well, you know, it's funny, me and Paul Duquette were talking about just the whole thing of, like, when we all started playing because it was all pre-internet. You know, I mean, nothing was easy to find. Right. So when you found something, like an alternate take oh, or something yeah. like that, it was like this big deal. Oh, yeah, It was such a big deal to, to get a hold of that. Oh. It was thrilling. Oh, hell yes. It was totally thrilling. Oh, and I man. think people don't really know what that was like when we were know. Yeah, learning I mean, to play. Come yeah. on, young people of today, that, that, <laughs> those young kids of today yeah. they have no idea what it was like but it, going through all but those it's, records but it, but it's, it's, it's true because yeah. but, but for this reason <clears throat> I think a lot of people today you know there's probably more guys that can play pretty well now than ever oh, before yeah, because yeah. there's so much more information than being freely you know back when we were learning nobody would tell you anything man. they'd tell right. you the wrong shit on purpose you know? right <laughs> but but, but the, um, now there's so much, you know, you can just go on your phone and find, you know, five alternate takes of Off the Wall or something, right, you know, right. and and it's there's so much there yeah. that I think people learn, a lot of people, maybe not everyone, but I think people learn in a more surface kind of way, they right. learn these licks because there's so much to learn, mm-hmm. whereas when we were trying to figure stuff out. You had the best of Little Walter. You had the best of Muddy Waters. Yeah. You know, you had Down and Out Blues. And so there's, you know, what is what is that? Like 36 songs or right. something. And you you know, so you would zero in on stuff and try to learn the little tiny little nuances and the little things that, to me, is the stuff that really makes it live. Right, a, the, detail, the detail, the details. The yeah. details is the stuff that makes it live. And and also back then, even before this time, but this is before I was playing with Travis and Fillmore and all that stuff, I went to see Muddy at the Avalon Ballroom. Right. And... With that Paul? Was, that was when Paul had just yeah. joined the band. Right. And it was Span Right. and SP and... Pee Wee, Snake, and, Snake yeah. and Sammy, they didn't even have right. a bass player. Right, wow. And, and maybe maybe those guys would switch off and yeah. play bass. Yeah, But But um, I went and saw that band, and I met Paul on the break, or I guess it wasn't a break because... They did the, one set, yeah, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. So I met, but I met Paul, and... Paul Osher. Yeah, Paul Osher, and... And I was just blown away, man, because, like I said, I wanted to be real. I wanted to play like a real shit, you know. And he was and, probably the first white heart player you saw really, Well, I mean, I had you know, seen, you know, I'd seen the guys that were. Had you seen Butterfield I'd and think, guys like I, that? I'd seen Butterfield and I think I'd seen Charlie and stuff, but, uh, but they didn't have bands that were that low down. Right, right. You know, or it Charlie went, did yeah. later on, he had yeah. uh, Lewis and Dave and stuff, right. but, but, um, but seeing that, I mean, come on, Span yeah, and yeah. Muddy and you know yeah. SP, man, yeah, you know, that's a heavy and, and yeah. see this guy in the, yeah. you know, he was like young, man, yeah. he was like twenty years old or something. So is he like one year old or two years old? He's a couple years older than yeah. me. I, like I was about seventeen, he was maybe twenty-one. Okay, or yeah. he always lied about how old he was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so and. I just dug, dug, I mean, I was yep. blown away, man. Yep. It was everything about it, the whole effect of that thing, man, because they were all up there, man, and the processes and gold teeth and the lights. Right. The with Nehru jackets. The lights hitting the gold and teeth, and they're all wearing, yeah, red yeah. brocade right. Nehru jackets with right. gold medallions and right. shit, and they all... Up there, looking like they'd kill you, man. And I, I love that, man, because I want you know, I want everyone to be, had a pistol want, on Yeah, I wanted yeah. people to be scared of me, you right? Know? And and and, and uh, when I met Paul, he, for some reason, I don't know what what it was, but he broke out of heart and he started playing like the last verse of Juke, right? And and he was. Just, you know, had his hand, his hand was using his hands to shape notes. And he was, I could just tell that Right, that was the biggest eye-opener because I could tell, okay, it's not about licks. Right. It's not, there was uh, texture. Like a float to it. Yeah, there was texture and the buoyancy that, you know, because he was tongue-blocking and he had a groove in there. So were you tongue-blocking at that point? No, I wasn't, you know. I wasn't, and and I, but I heard it, and I heard, and I knew that. That's when I did he knew show you how to do it? That, no, he didn't. But that's when I knew it wasn't about licks, right? You know, because prior to that, I'd just been trying to learn licks, right? And and that's when I knew there was a lot more to it, right? And you no, know, the, the tongue blocking came later when <clears throat> me and Jerry were trying to figure right. shit out, and. I think there was this guy. He moved to England named Johnny Mars. Oh right, right. He right. Lived, he's still he there, around, he, Yeah, yeah. He, he's he, still and there. He lived around there, yeah. and he and he played with his tongue, but he wanted to play. He he didn't want to play that way no more. He wanted to play like fast and right, right, right. And and like Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yeah like, sorry, you know, right. Uh, and and but we but but Jerry heard it. I think. And he thought, man, I think that's in So I can't remember exactly how it happened, but somehow through that, we figured that out. And then my girlfriend, who I was living with at the time there on Oak and Scott, uh, and I think my gig with Fillmore had ended and Travis had ended, and my girlfriend wanted to go to England and I said, "Man, she, I'd like to go to England." She goes, "Well, I've been thinking about it. I could probably get you a ticket, you know, and we could go together." So, I went with her to England, and that's you know, when you were Kirsten Hank. Well, that was that was just a name that Roger gave me. Oh, okay, name yeah, right. Name and put that on a poster, <laughs> right? So he didn't like my name, right? You know, so he thought that sounded like a good name. You know, that was actually, I think I suggested it, I and mean, that was actually a, a dope dealer that I knew down on Fillmore Street, Coast and Hank. Oh, really? They called him okay. Coast and Hank, because he was always fucked up and, you know, <laughs> just, and, and, um, But, so, I, she took me to England, and we had a thing. a thing, they used to call it an excursion ticket, where you, you know, it had a, you could not change it to come back sooner, you know, when we were like it was a month, of, right, or something, we had to be there, and while uh, we were there, you know, she she sort of ran out of a sense of humor and left <laughs> and, and, and dumped me, man, and she she left me in oh, London where we had a flat that we had rented for the month, right, and. And she just left me. So you had again. to kind and of I, fend for I yourself. Had no, yeah, I had no yeah. money, I had nothing. I had a wow. ticket home, but but I but my ticket home, you know, I couldn't use it until until that until day. Until that day, right? So so I was in England and I had nothing to do, and that's when I I just I just played all day every day. So how day, did you how did you eat? And you know, I mean, I had like a little bit of money. I, I I would go. Also, here's how I would eat too: is there was a record store called Dobell's Records. Uh-huh. You remember seeing that name, no. like Blues Unlimited and stuff. Not they were advertising really. no. there. That and that was a cool record store, man. They had all those old, you know. The remember when England? Had oh yeah, really hip records. Oh yeah, had, hell yeah, Red Lightning and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. they had all those all the Syndicate this, chapter. I think, yeah, this was even before. I'm trying to think of what these records were because it was before Red Lightning, and, before and, Syndicate and, chapter. Yeah, yeah. But I can't. I don't know what it was, but, hmm. but some of it was just English. You Know they were Bootways. released by, no, no, they oh. were maybe released by the real record company, but for England, you know. Oh, okay, like so like yeah, RCA, it'd, it'd be Boone, Decker or something, or something like something that, Decker yeah. Or something like yeah. That. But anyway, they had all these killer records, mm-hmm. and there was a guy that worked there every day that was into the shit. And yeah, you know, I met him, and I think I showed him my poster with, with Coasted you know, Hair. Yeah, <laughs> And so I would hang out there. He hit me to a little Greek restaurant around the corner that was real cheap. Yeah. And and I just yeah learned I, how to do I, it. And get then, by. I made uh, friends with a harp player named Paul Rowan, and he hmm. he 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 at the time he was playing with Long John Baldry. Wow. Yeah, and a super nice guy, man. Yeah. and 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 a, and a good player. He could do some shit that I couldn't do at that mm-hmm. time. You know, wow. He had a little side side tongue thing. Really, wow. Yeah. 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 and and he he kind of went off his rocker. And, he? and Passed away. Yeah. Wow. But he was a good guy, man. Yeah. He took me to his family's house. I over there, you know. Yeah. And, and just. Yeah, it was like Blanche DuBois. So now, <laughs> <laughs> the kindness of strangers. The strangers. kindness of strangers. So when you came back from England, is that when you went to Chicago? Yeah, because okay. I because I felt like man, I'm because I practiced. I'm ready to go. So yeah. much, man, yeah. while I was there, I was getting a, you know, I thought, you know, I felt like. Man, I got I'm ready. It yeah, Man, yeah, I'm ready yeah yeah I, I got this tone and I got it. I'm playing you know I'm tongue blocking all up and down so the, did you fly back, back to San Francisco back. and then Chicago or I went back this? to San Francisco and I was there for a while I can't remember and then when I uh, and then I think okay I went back to San Francisco here's what happened okay I went back to San Francisco uh, you know for the however time developed another <laughs> right. drug habit. Right. And and uh, and then I So I you had, weren't shooting dope in England? No. Okay. And then yeah, I was on and off, right. on and off for yeah. years, man. Yeah. Just, you know, um, which was lucky because I had there were times yeah. when could have really done people, your liver. There was times man. well not, I did do my liver. You did but, do your but, liver. And, it's yeah. okay now, but right but but I, I you know, there were times when I could be productive and I could learn mm-hmm. something and I could focus on something besides, like, you know, how am I going to not get sick, you know? Right. So, so, so... Yeah, I didn't bring that shit around everybody. Yeah. I had a set of friends that were dope fiends and they had Straight people, friends, yeah, right. You know, yeah. um, and some, was, <laughs> you know, straddle the fence. Like In me, between, you yeah, know. right. But... Um, yeah, so I came back and then I, then I, I don't know, I got some girl to buy me a plane ticket because Jerry had gone back to Chicago mm-hmm. and he was, um, his father got sick and he had to go back home to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So he got back, went back to Chicago and he was sending me postcards from Chicago, telling me, oh man, this is so great, you need to come back here, man, right. this is killer, man. I went, so I sat in with the Aces last night. Right, right. You know, right. All this stuff. So, I, I thought, well, I'm you know I'm losing my shit here. I'm falling apart. My girlfriend dumped me. I I might as well go try know, it. Go, yeah. go back there, man, because I ain't doing shit here. So right. so I, I I I found this other girl that you know bought me a plane ticket. Now, did she live back there? She lived in San Francisco, but she was from Chicago. Okay, and she. Yeah, so she uh, bought me a plane ticket to Chicago, and then she was gonna come out there and meet me, <clears throat> and which she did after a while, but like she, you know, I wasn't down with meeting her, really. I, I just needed a plane ticket. Right. Uh, I was, you just I was, do whatever I mean, you could. Yeah. I ain't that bad no more. I, mean, I really am not no bad guy. He's a guy, different person was, now. I was, you know, I was troubled. So, you know, yeah, I was, you know, with a cap plus, 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 you know, and I don't, know, I'm not blaming nobody. I'm gonna shut up, but, but, you know, I, I had that kind of an attitude about women from being around, right? You know, street, still more slick, yeah, street, street type of people. You know, yeah, I thought that was slick. You know, right, but, right. So when you got to Chicago, well, how do you, how did you break into that scene? Oh man, it was, it was just overwhelming right away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first, I kicked. <laughs> then I right. on Jerry's couch? For wow, the first time that yeah. I did that, I did wow. that twice. Kicked on Jerry's couch. Wow, but yeah, he, man, I love that guy. So man. He's, That's seen my brother, at, man. he's seen you at he's seen you at your worst. He was never yeah. a fuck up like that, man. You know, oh. and, and he. You know, God bless that guy, man. Yeah. And uh, so as soon as I felt pretty good, we went to Teresa's on a Monday night and Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I you know, obviously back from where we, what we know now and where we are now, yeah, I wasn't that good, but, but I was, I felt like I was and I had, right. Attitude, and I had tone. I had right. power, you know. Right. And and I said in Teresa's. Fuck the place up, man. Oh, okay. good. And it was packed full of people. That's great. you know, Yeah. And I remember Junior Wells telling me, "Man, you're gonna make it, boy. You got wow. soul. You know? wow. that shit, Man, that's awesome. And it was cool. And then, like, yeah. we left there and we rode around. A hat of with uh, Lewis oh, and, and, yeah. and, and and Billy Boy. Right, Billy Boy. No, you told Billy. me, I thought you told me it was Billy Boy and uh, Otis Clay or something. No, no, no. Okay. I never met Otis Clay until okay. later. All right. But uh, Billy Boy and, and Lewis. That's awesome. And Lewis just talked the whole time, man. Lewis was funny as hell. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, how cool is that? Man? You He's can't r- beat that. No. Right yeah. around the south side. I know. Billy what Boy was was on Myers, car. Yeah, right. With Lewis Myers yes. just talking, awesome. you know, telling me all kinds of fucking, um, you know, just stuff I'm not going to tell on here because it's not about me. Right. I don't mind talking, tell revealing stuff about right. me, but man, he was telling me stuff about people I idolized that was messed up. Some, you know, they were, yeah, they were troubled people too. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but... It was just, I was like, how cool is yes, this, right? And and so, yeah. And then after that, I was going out, and you know, just going out to play. I mean, everything was happening yeah. still then, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, at one point, I remember, Yeah, I sat in with, and Carrie was playing harp with Muddy then. Right. Paul had left, and he was came back after that. Right. But, but Carrie told me, he said, "Man, I'm gonna quit, man. So you, if you come down to the Suburban Hotel, right, you can, you know, you can probably have the gig if Muddy likes you." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I did that. You know that that next weekend I went down. I went to the Sutherland Hotel, which is about Forty Seventh and. I think 47th and Drexel. And, and uh, Muddy was there Friday and Saturday. Willie Me Bond was the opening act. Wow. So that was a nice club. Yeah, right? yeah, that and was kind of a jazz and blues. Yeah, it was a jazz, right. Jazz and blues. I've been by it. And um, so I, you know, I guess Carrie introduced me to Muddy. And now, didn't Dixon have a hand in this whole thing? No. Didn't. Willie okay. Dion no all right uh-uh. I never I never really knew Willie Dixon I, oh I okay. all right I, I, I okay I'm confusing I think I only really met even met Willie Dixon when uh, I saw Willie Dixon with Big Walker but I think when I met Willie Dixon was when Billy was in the band okay because I yeah. I knew Billy from Chicago Billy. right um did you meet Billy Branch right away too? Uh, pro you know it was after this. It was after this. might have been the next time I was there, but it was pretty,
1: pretty, pretty early, early, pretty yeah. early on. He was right. like a
0: real young and, and right and real innocent. Kind I want to say guy. I think he had moved, right, like within a year or two of when you were there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I. I yeah, I remember I, I I Billy. Yeah. yeah, I remember Billy always talks about like that. Me and Jerry used to laugh at him and all right. that stuff. But, <laughs> but but I also told him, I go, Man, you keep stick with this, you're gonna get a good gig because Right. You know. And then he ended he, up with Dixon. And he yeah. ended up with Dixon and he told me, see you were right. You know, right. When I, saw him. I remember when so I, I first cool. met him I mentioned your name and he lit up. Yeah. A bunch of guys like yeah. that. I mean, Osher well, too. Yeah, um, yeah. That was the only reason Osher even talked to me is because I said I knew you, yeah. Paul man. Because he was going to just shine me on. <laughs> I miss that guy. <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. that was oh, like nineteen eighty. Yeah, man. but so so yeah. So I went down there, <coughs> and that they had a four o'clock license. so That meant they stay. You know, they were open. They got. Until four a.m., right. and then Saturday night they're open till five a.m. So mm-hmm. I, w- you know, buddy said, "Well, I'll call you up." So I wait around, wait around, and right, he right. never call me up. So I was like, "Damn, you know." So at the end of the night, I go, wow, I thought you were going to call me up." He goes, "Oh yeah, I forgot." Uh, but <laughs> you know, come back tomorrow. Right. So he's just trying to see, trying to see what how I'm dedicated about, you are. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. yeah. And Jerry was with me. Oh, really? With wow. me? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And and. um so then, uh, I went back Saturday night. I waited around, waited around. Then he, you know, called me up middle of about the middle of the through, you know evening. Right. And uh, I p- remember I played long distance call, and and then that that was like I think it was the end of the set, or maybe it was pretty right. close to the end of the set. And and I got done, and I was like, oh man, how did I do that? <laughs> and, and and then and. Uh, I was standing there, and Muddy was at a table with some chicks, and he kind of went like this with right. his finger, and 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 I walked over to the table, and he st- stood like stood halfway up, and he started goes he goes, boy, you 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 out of sight, boy, he goes you, you play like a man, boy, so you got that sound, boy, I know that sound when I hear it, that's my <laughs> sound, and I was like, you know, I was. You can't, you can't get any better than that. You can't, yeah, you can't yeah, get yeah. any so, better than that. So, no. and he gave me his phone number. Right. And he took the number where I was staying. But I was staying at the time, I was staying at, with this girl that I was trying to get rid of. You know, I didn't know what to do, <laughs> you know. Me. She was the one that bought my plane ticket. She was the one in and, Chicago. Yeah. Right. But she was, yeah, because I went out there first and then she came. Right. Pretty soon after and I really didn't, you know, I was I was a rat, man. I, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, we all yeah. have our path uh, in life. But so uh, you went back to San Francisco after that? Yeah, because I kept waiting for him to call me. Right. And he and and then I couldn't stand being there no more, and I didn't know what to do. But Bruce Iglauer. Mm-hmm. This is before Alligator Records or anything. Right. He was like a worked at right, a jazz Chester's, record market. Yeah. And he was a neighbor of Jerry's. Mm-hmm. And he, he lived close by Jerry, So I, I had met him because Jerry had him come over and I yeah, I remember, you know, because he's like, oh, this guy's great and all that shit. And then I remember I was playing guitar and singing for uh, Aguilar and he's like, I don't know if I believe you, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, he was gonna at that time. He was gonna be, um, he was gonna be. He was Carrie's manager, right? And that was why Carrie was gonna quit money because Bruce was gonna manage him and uh, he was gonna book him in uh, some and give him a European tour and stuff. Right. And and so I ended up. I called Bruce and I asked him, I was Carrie gonna quit. You know, mm-hmm. he told me he's gonna quit. Is he gonna quit? Because if he ain't quitting, I, I'm gonna go back home. Cause, right. And this is really weak, but I don't care. I've talked about it, so, I already look bad on here. So, <laughs> I so I had this other girlfriend. This was the one that dumped me in England, uh-huh. and I just I missed her. I wanted to go back and beg my way in, man. Right. Which didn't did not work out, man, at all. You right. Know. But uh, but that's you know I was young, man. You know, and. uh. So I, he said, no, Kerry's uh, not going to quit. This European tour didn't, didn't happen. And so Kerry's not leaving Muddy. So I said, oh, fuck it, I'll go home. You know, eventually he did leave and Paul came back. But, right. but uh, I was back in San Francisco being a fuck up again, feeling sorry for myself. But, yeah. Didn't Muddy eventually call, though? He never called me. He called Sonny Lane one time and asked Sonny about me, really. And then Sonny called me and he goes, "Did Muddy call you?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Well, he's going to call you." And then he never did. Huh. And then that, but that was years later. Right. That was when he hired Jerry. Right. That was when he hired Jerry, and this is what I think, and I and I and I never thought of this until years later did he got because you guys confused no no oh. that's what i heard too yeah, i'd heard and that and i don't yeah. know if that's true or not yeah. but this i believe cuz i had seen him between that time when i was like you know 18 or 19 and 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 years later when i was you know 20 something 20 you know 3 20 mm-hmm. something like that I had been. I had lived in Chicago. Right. He had seen me in Chicago. I had sat him with them at the quiet night. i had mm-hmm. said when he came. When I was out here, I sat him with them at at uh, uh, Keystone, Keystone Berkeley right, yeah. and, and all that. You know, he. I know he dug my plan. Yeah. Uh, but he saw me fucked up. Man. Oh, so man, yeah, I might have still been able to play. Yeah. That, but that makes saw, sense. Then yeah, he could recognize that shit. Right, man, you think you're invisible when you're right. loaded on on junk, man. Right, but he, but he knew he, it. He knew it, and, and, yeah. and, and so and, he and wasn't about to thing. hire someone. He that had a good. daughter that, that died, man. A oh daughter that was a that yeah. was a, I never knew that until yeah. uh, when I was on the methadone program, and you know that and the. I'd be in that coffee shop across the street from the methadone program with the methadone for lunch bunch. Right. There was a woman who was from Chicago, and she told me she was friends with his daughter that, that had died. Wow. Know, from, from, from you know, as a dope fiend. And even after I heard that, I never put it together. Put it, I it together. That, that's what that, he said. And that's yeah. why he never sure. hired that me. That totally you makes know, sense. Because yeah. he said right. himself, you know, I you know, I don't have to have the best musicians. I could, I could build a musician, with the average musician, with a hammer and a nail, you know. Is that very, what he said? Yeah, he yeah. said, it's not yeah. like, you know, Little Walter or something, man, right. you know, I don't need, I, I need somebody who I know is gonna be gonna there. Gonna be there, yeah, yeah. right. Cause you he'd know? had enough flaky musicians. Yeah, so, Yeah. but, so, I mean, I can see, I, I that believe totally that, makes I believe sense. that, yeah. you know, yeah. and, I never and, heard you say this before. Well, because I never yeah. put it together. Never put it together. You know? together yeah. And uh, which is which was totally cool because yeah. the the idiot I was then it would have been a mess. Not, it would have yeah. been a disaster. Yeah. I'd have killed somebody or got killed right. or something. What something really bad, bad would have happened, happened because yeah. I did not need muddy waters. Co-signing, how cool I thought I, <laughs> you know, imagined I was and shit, man. And I wanted to ask you about how you got the Sam Lay gig. Well, that was another time when I okay. That was a uh, that was in 1970. It was when McGovern, McGovern, right? 1970, probably yeah. 1971. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. Because before it, the 72 1971, elections. I went back there again. Kicked on Jerry's couch the next time, you know, and and I and I Jerry remember, should be getting paid. Oh, man. more money! I, <laughs> I, and, you should have started the rehab center, I, man. Yeah, uh, I, I kicked on Jerry's couch again, and then oh boy, that was, time was not fun, man. I that, it was that was miserable, man, and uh and then when I started to feel a little bit good, uh, I. This guy, uh, you remember? You, you ever know Mark Brombach? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Mark came over. This yeah. is when I met him, and he put up with some shit for with me too, boy. See, I didn't know you guys knew each other. The, oh yeah. man, he's a good guy, man. Yeah. And smoke he, daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he opened a, right? a restaurant and a right. bar later. That's much mm-hmm. later, but but this was like 1971. He and he uh, <clears throat> he came by. And he was, and this was like the first day I felt like, okay, I feel kind of halfway human. I can get up off the couch, whatever. Mm-hmm. I met him, and he was going over to Sam Lay's to rehearse because Sam was putting together a, a band to go up on the road with uh, George McGovern, who was running for the nomination for the de- the Democratic nomination. You know, he was... It was yeah before the primaries and everything right, and uh, so he he was putting together a band. They were going to go play colleges because George because the eighteen year olds had just got the vote and George McGovern was, um, you know, going to end the war in Vietnam. Right, so the anti war appeal to the college yeah. kids, and and back then, mm-hmm. believe it or not young people was who came to blues gigs, you know. It's <laughs> what the, it's the, well, it's the same people that still come to them, That's but right. they just ain't young no more, man. So, so, yeah. Uh Yeah, blues gigs at colleges. Yeah, well, we used that. to play, man, when I, yeah. when I was in Lays band, even after the McGovern thing, yeah, we played at colleges all the time. Yeah. That was the only, that was the gig. I mean, I never played, I never played white clubs until I moved to Chicago. Right. You know, right. or for yeah. what, you know white people yeah. really that's a true. Yeah, but so, um, so I went with Mark over to Sam's just to hang out. I, don't know, I right. just went with him. I didn't have nothing to do, but I brought my harps just in case. But he had already hired a harp player. <clears throat> but when we got there, that guy who it was Chicago Slim. I don't know if you. Oh remember. yeah, yeah, I know he so, is. Yeah, so he had already hired him to do this gig, but he uh, canceled on the rehearsal, said, you know, he, you know, he would, you know, he couldn't make the rehearsal, but he'd be there later or something, you know, or whatever. And so I just filled in, you know, because he's doing a lot of muddy songs and you know, low down songs, Slim Harpo and shit like right. We're you know, neither you know, Harmonica sounds right on him, so mm-hmm. I I played and uh, he ended up like hiring me instead. And so I like within days I'm flying around, you know, playing, you know, for this presidential candidate. Right, didn't you say Warren Beatty? Beatty? Warren Beatty was there, he would be, he would introduce George McGovern and you know, so he's flying around with us and we're flying around, we're staying in, you know, nice hotel, Sheraton was all Sheraton hotels and nice hotels, man. And didn't you have Eddie Taylor in the band as well? Yeah, the the other band was killer, man. It was, it was uh, Eddie Taylor, Big Mojo, right? Um, a, a Detroit Junior on piano, yeah. yeah. And he was—I wish I had appreciated him more yeah. back then, man. But I didn't, I, and I didn't know what a great songwriter that guy was, right? But, right. And I don't know if I even i, you know, I back then I wasn't writing. He was either. around Chicago all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah he could so see him he, all the time. him, and a guy named John Wolf, who. Uh, was a nice guy. He he lived in. He's from New York, but he- guitar player. Yeah, guitar yep. player. <clears throat> and he's a guy who also I made use of his floor. <laughs> and, and did you ever have an apartment in Chicago or barely? I don't think I ever had a place that I paid rent on. Man, I had a girlfriend. Right. Yeah, girlfriend I lived with. Room. Right. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I did, I did. You couldn't call it really an apartment, but I did pay the rent. It was like one of those. Um, was it a place called the Jonquil Hotel where you, you know, you, you a room SRO right, uh, right, right, single right. room occupancy, right. one of those kind of places where you, you know, you piss in the sink or you, know, <laughs> you want to use the toilet, you got to go way down the hall, down the hall community, down community hall. communal. Uh, plumbing funky uh, so for that but, but that I I was responsible for right I was a worthless dude man. so how long did you last in Chicago that time uh longer Much, like yeah, over a, a year? Of year a couple, years, couple yeah, of years yeah yeah I think I went home for a visit around Christmas time right because what happened was I, I was working with Sam you know we did that yeah, and eddie was in that band man that was so great right. to know him and, oh yeah and then and then and then we had yeah, he dug teacher. you man we had oh, i love that guy he man. dug you a lot i remember uh i hooked him up on on a gig with you guys I, when i, I brought remember him out. yeah i remember when you brought yeah. him out. Yet. he didn't dig little charlie much though so. well little charlie was i mean he was you know, he hard was a, to get to know <laughs> no he just goes He's a good guitar player. He ain't no blues player. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Uh, back then he was kind of a blues player. Yeah, right? but that's, that was Eddie's take. Uh, yeah. yeah, but but we, uh, yeah, it was, it was a that was a that was a trip, man. That that so I'm back there with yeah. All of a sudden. I just got done kicking on Jerry's couch right. and then all of a sudden I'm flying doing around that. with yeah. a presidential yeah. candidate and then a movie right. star and, and these guys that, you know, especially Eddie, man, I mean, he was a reverential like a, guy. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a real icon. And yeah, an icon, totally, you yeah. know, and Sam. And, and Sam, and Sam cool, was an too, icon, Sam, yeah, man. hell yeah. And, and then, too, we had... Uh, Lucille Spann, really? Yeah, she was a featured. You know, we'd bring her up. And, wow. she, and she would sing, and you know, and I remember, I remember her from the uh, those Spivy records. Right. You know, right. And, and 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 Otis had passed already, but <clears throat> we had Lucille, and then we had Johnny Twist. Oh right, right. You told me about him. Yeah, yeah, and He was a character, man. He was yeah. so, such a memorable guy. Right. And. Uh, and and there was stuff about him that I thought was funny because because he was a pimp, right? You know, but he was a very, you know, what they call a chili pimp. You know, just did he own a record store, or something? Later on, later on, yeah, he owned a record a, store. Well, on, you could call it that, man. Yeah. yeah like yeah, a check yeah. store. But right. but he but he um, so but I had been you know, with Fillmore. Right, right You know, right. I used to ride around with him after the gig, man. Right? Oh, he's checking his traps, man, he had a brand, <laughs> brand new Fleetwood <laughs> poem and all this <laughs> stuff. And Johnny Twist had a, had a, 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 like a, a Toronado with a Rolls-Royce grill on it. You <laughs> know, it was just a whole different deal. That's great. Know. So I thought he, would, you know, at the time did he, have a, did, he have a, did he have a car phone that like no, didn't no. plug in don't <laughs> know uh, no, that had that George man. Smith had that I remember somebody had that God I wish yeah, that George I Smith that. had like one it, he would just pick up he would take a regular phone from a yeah, house yeah. and he didn't have it connected to anything but he'd take calls I remember <laughs> a guy like I knew I can't remember who it was yeah. in San Francisco had a pink princess phone right and he had the wire going into the ashtray right Exactly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, but Twist, he was country, you know, He, but he, you know, he was I at the time I was young, you know, so I didn't really pick up on how really he was a cool. He was a cool, cool dude, man. He yeah, was a, yeah, He was, and he was smart. He sounded funny because he sounded ignorant, but right. He was smart, man. He said something that, that, you, decades later, man. Mm-hmm. I was remember. I remembered it, and I was like, man, wow. Yeah, I remember it, you said something and, to me a long time ago. He told me. He's what he told yeah. me. He said, said, see, Rick's. It's two things you got to remember about this music business: ego and psychologicals.
1: <laughs> that's what he said. It sounded
0: funny to me, so I thought it was funny. Right. But then when I thought about it yeah. later on, when I was more, you know, when I actually was capable of thought, right, I, I went, man, that is, that's deep, man. Yeah. That's some, yeah. that's some shit. That is, because he wasn't talking about music. Yeah, talking about the music business. Right. And he said two things you got ego and psychologicals, man. If you think about that, you know, when you're dealing with people, right, and you think about, you know, you stroke their ego or you yep. you know, you right. or you at least don't want to bruise their ego, right, and you make them feel good about themselves well, and you know the, that the takes psych- you a long way. Psychological yeah. part, man, it takes you, you a long you know, way. Yeah, you can right. because especially in a scene like this, it's so small and yeah, and and um, so easy to burn bridges. Yeah, and it's really easy to burn bridges. And 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 yeah. I mean, if, like that whole thing of like knowing. Well, you you put it you put it right in the in the basket. Is that you know knowing how to deal with people? Yeah. Is such a huge part of the entertainment industry. Well, and especially in this yeah. part, yeah. like in the real entertainment industry. Right. I don't know much about it, you know, but in the blues and this yeah. little sub sub genre yeah. kind of thing, where it's it's a small world, and yeah. and 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 you actually have access to the people that can. You know that you you know that you need to have a working relationship with. Right. You know what I mean. You actually you know them. You know right. you you so they'd much rather do something for somebody they like. Right. You know. Right. All things being equal. Yeah. You know. So yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. I remember the days when I used to think to myself, I like, go, "Man, that guy's so much better than this guy. How come he's not famous? Uh, like I couldn't put that together." Yeah. That it was like it wasn't about how good somebody was necessarily, it was about like you say how they it's, make people so, feel, yeah, like, and, and it's yeah. about how they make the audience, feel and how they well. make the audience because yeah. you don't have to be there's there's guys that are great man yeah. that the audience may not really pick Connect up with on them. Yeah. it you know and uh, yeah so it's that that's what I've I realize is that, you know, all in people man some of them are really limited you know um and maybe it's i don't want to listen to them but they got something right they got appeal mm-hmm. one somehow you know yeah and that's something roger collins used to try to tell me too and i can remember i can hear him because he's been saying this i still know him and we're still friends yeah and and he's been saying this all along you tell me rick it's many things right it's many things yeah It's not just about play, man. We've known guys that could really, really play. And got nowhere. That got nowhere, man. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Well, I remember you said something a long time ago to me that really stuck where you said, you know, like with a lot of the old timers, just how there was kind of almost like a mother what would you call it, mother wet, or, or like, you know, like they knew enough about life to kind of be able to travel through it yeah. without an education. Oh yeah, man, that, you know? yeah, those guys, they're, you know. The, there was a lot of There was a, a lot of them guys, I mean, you know, they didn't have the benefit of even even a elementary school right education. exactly would, you know they would be Couldn't out read or in a right field and stuff and he can't can't read right. your write and but they knew how to get where navigate. to navigate go and that, I mean that's yeah. crazy too to think about like you know guys that were touring you know like, oh I know and yeah. and and they just knew yeah correct they couldn't read the signs but right. they just would memorize Oh stuff, yeah man yeah i mean willie smith was like willie that willie was like that man willie was big time like yeah that. yeah and he drove all over he his drove country, everywhere man. Yeah. you know and yeah i think cotton was kind of like that to a certain degree right man yeah, but i think he could do that he could yeah, he get could himself from yeah. a to b yeah yep. Yep. yeah and that's a heavy thing man that you is, start man. thinking that's... about that yeah and i remember when i uh, after i worked with sam lay I was with Sam for a pretty good little bit of time for me back then, mm-hmm. you know, couple years, a couple years, year, yeah. maybe a year, yeah. Yeah. I, I worked with him again mm-hmm. later on, but mm-hmm. I worked with him maybe a year that time. And then after Sam, you know, cause he was, I mean, I was no, I was not no no fit, a stellar human being, <laughs> but he was no, he was, he was kind of a dick too. <laughs> right. so. We butted heads, and, yeah. and I and and what happened? I think uh, Wolf went on. Wolf went somewhere, at, you know, out of town mm-hmm. with his band, and uh, John Littlejohn borrowed Sam's band because maybe he didn't have a band then or whatever. Right. He borrowed some of the guys from Sam's band, mm-hmm. and we played at Silvio's with John Littlejohn. Mm-hmm. And I had such a great time playing right. with him. I already are a big fan. And he is. was so killer, man. Yeah. And, and it was just so much more, like, gratifying. Right. And I dug it too, because, like I said, with Sam, we were playing colleges and, right, you know, college type of club. You know, if we played clubs, it was in college towns, right. and stuff right. like that. And Little John, we, you know, we playing were playing the ghetto yeah. places, man. Right. So, I just and he was just the coolest guy, man. Yeah and, and, yeah. and that guy, man, when he would sing, yeah, it just was like a knife. He man. was a great singer, it, yeah. man. Yeah. He was so so such a yeah. just a wonderful person, man. Yeah. And so I just said, it, stayed with him, man. Interesting. And and, yeah. and we 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 played a lot of different kind of places. You know, we were playing Geary and. Right play in Michigan City and play for you know, country transplanted right country people right. real blues on yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. It was just it just felt so good to me yeah. to be doing that and stuff. Yeah. And 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 then and and Sam too, he was I mean, I'm sure those gigs were better, but he was such a cheapskate. I made <laughs> just as so much money with little John, you know. Did he make as much money? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, right. And and he was the type of guy, man, he would he he didn't feel right, you know, not right. giving you some kind of, right. of money, right. you know. And remember, That's another interesting thing too, that whole thing of, of how people lead the band, you know, like there's some people that are really fair about it and there's others that are yeah, just cut I through. Mean, Sam would always yeah. pay, but he was always a cheapskate, yeah. you know. And and uh and another thing I did with Little John, man, we had a a a blue, we tried to start a blue Monday Mm -hmm. at this place called Damon's Den on, on, let's see, yeah, on Roosevelt Road. Mm -hmm. And, and if you don't have those things going for a while, man, I mean, it's rough, because we were playing four to four. Wow. That was the Blue Monday, four to four. And, wow. And we're starting it Nothing out. But, so, nobody would come, you know. 12 hour wouldn't gig. Come, you know, people uh, would, you know, you, you need musicians to right. think, oh, this is the cool place to be. Right. So, we got it going okay after a yeah. while, but man, four to four. That's Eddie unbelievable. was on that gig the first couple weeks. Yeah. Wow. And, and that was really cool, but he didn't want to do it too long. Because yeah. <laughs> nobody would. You know you right. you had to actually play that long, right? right. No, know? I remember I used to, it, to do back-to-back if, gigs like that. If you get yeah. it going, right, where, where people are sitting in, it, you right. don't have to play the whole time, you know. Right. But I yeah, that was a trip and I remember one night man, this was like I could just goosebumps, man. So How Dog Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah, Had that first Alligator right. record out. about this and yeah. he was Feeling like man, I, I'm, I'm big shit now. Right, you know? and he had, the, you know, he had his his little natural wig curling up on the right. edges uh, and shit, and, and he had a, a a brand new like real trench coat, like right. long brown leather right. leather coat. You right. know, and he's acting like, and he walked in. I mean, this is filtered through my brain, so he, <laughs> might, he, he might not have been tripping like that at all. But right. but he walked in like he's, and they, there was a counter along, this was a long, you know, place with the bandstand way at the end. And there was a counter along one side and a bar along the other side. So Hound Dog Taylor's walking in and he's like greeting the people on the sides, you know, right. the people sitting at the counter and right. the people sitting at the bar. And he's at, you know, ooh, Hound Dog Taylor's here, you know. And uh, Little John got on the mic and he says, you know, he, he He hadn't played slide yet, you know. And he he said, uh, he said, well, I just want you to know I ain't trying to cut nobody's head. I just doing my regular thing. I do everywhere I go, you know. And he started doing It Hurts Me Too. And he just kept playing. And verse after verse, men just playing it. And he didn't start singing and I'm thinking, Man, when he starts singing, it's all over, man. You know, he was such a killer singer. You know? Yeah, he's a great and singer. He, and, but he just kept playing, and it was just so, you know, I mean, I was all the hair on my yeah, arms was yeah. standing up. It was just so so. emotional, yeah. so, so powerful, and he right. just kept playing and playing. Then he starts, we he walks up to the mic like he was going to sing, I thought, yeah. And he walks up to the mic and just dropped his head and shook his head like this here and picked his head back up and he just goes, it hurts me too. And backed up. And just <laughs> man, it was so soulful, man. It was so awesome, man. It was just... Uh, it was a message. Oh, that he was, was sending a message. Was, yeah. It was just great. great, man. That guy was something else. Yeah. He That's was, awesome. He was something else. I, I worked with him and I... I uh the one gig we had that was not like those kind of gigs was we drove um to Toronto, Canada, right? And we drove to Toronto and we played this place the Colonial Tavern. Oh yeah, yeah, for a yeah. week, right? So it's a week long gig, right? And we played there every night, man, and that was yeah. really cool. That was and a that, famous club. It, well, yeah. it was, it was cool yeah. and, and the and the this was really something too, man. It's like, okay, so we, were, our first night there, I guess T Bone Walker had just finished the week before. Wow! So he was still hanging around, and he had a met a chick up there or something. Right. And and he was still there, and and Little John was just like, wow, it was just so he, you know, T Bone Walker Yeah, Walker's yeah. There, no man. kidding. You yeah. know, and huge and. And T-Bone sat in with us, man, on the whole second set. Wow! Played piano, right? The whole right? second right, set, right. man. And Lil John was just like on top of the world. Oh, that's man. cool! He was so man. proud and so happy, yeah, man. That, yeah, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's on a, a one of those European folk blues festival things, playing, playing piano, piano with yeah. uh, with with Jimmy Reed and 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 oh uh, wow, yeah, and John Lee Hooker. Wow. Yeah, he plays piano with those yeah, guys. On yeah. There. yeah, at that time, I didn't know he played piano. Anymore. Right, I didn't either yeah. until I watched that. But yeah. yeah, that was... Really That's cool. awesome. Did he play guitar at all? No. Really? I just played wow. the piano the whole set. That's cool, yeah, man. I played the whole set, so cool. man. So so after after that, then you ended up making it back to San Francisco? I, I went back to San Francisco, you know, probably started fucking up again. Mm-hmm. went back to Chicago, played with Sam Lay again. Mm-hmm. And uh, that time, yeah, I remember, I played with Sam for a while, and but I was really... Pretty far gone? I, I in my... I, <clears throat> you understand, in the progression of my disease mm-hmm. up here, yeah, I was pretty far gone, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't, you know, have... Like, I always used to try to dress sharp and all that stuff, even though I was fucked up, you know. I right. like had some pride about me, and and by then, I wasn't even... Just didn't too, even try. I, yeah, and I was just, had a terrible attitude. And I, yeah, I was playing with Sam again, you know, because he was, like, happy I came back, but yeah. then... But not for long. Well, I mean, I didn't, not like I sounded that bad or anything, but I just had a shitty attitude. And and I remember uh, Jimmy Johnson was in the band then. Oh, okay. And uh, I, and he doesn't even remember this. Right. Because I reminded him a later on. Yeah. Because one night he told me, he goes, you know, you're a good, you're a good harmonica player. He goes, but you seem really unhappy. Hmm. You don't seem like you're enjoying the right. game at all. He picked up, yeah. yeah, and yeah. So I can remember, like I can't, I can't remember what Sam told me something, and I went, "Hey, you know what? Fuck you!" And I just yeah walked you're off gone. the bandstand. Yeah. Right, and uh, I ended up coming back and home, and you know I don't know what I did, but I don't know when. Oh, I can remember this too. Yeah. So after that. I hooked up with some guy in uh, in Chicago, and um, he was a, was a dope fiend. He wasn't a musician, mm-hmm. he was a dope fiend. Nice guy, you know, but he uh, he had a scam where he would uh, he had a, uh, a a truck that had a phony business name on the side of the truck, mm-hmm. and we would go like on the South Side, especially on. Uh, I think it's King Drive now. I think it was South Parkway or something. Mm-hmm. South Park, South Park, and there was all these mansions and stuff. Right, that the would, old mansions, the old yeah. dilapidated right. you know mansions. Right. Some of them had been subdivided into apartments. Some of them were just vacant, you know. Right, and we would go in these vacant mansions with hard hats on and stuff. Pull out and the electrical wiring. or No, something? no, we didn't oh. pull out wiring. We yeah. pulled out. um like mantles, oh um, okay, cut and beveled glass. So basically, antique stained glass, yeah. yeah. And then we right. would go up to Clark Street, where the I think it was Clark Street, where the um, where the antique shops were, right. and would sell that stuff. Oh, you know? okay. So uh, shooting dope, yeah. and, You know, at one time I would have thought that was slick, but by <laughs> but by, by that. By that By time. By then, yep. I was just disgusted with disgusted myself. Disgusted with man. yourself, yeah. I was just disgusted with myself. And that's when I went back home the last time. And I... Got on methadone. I was methanol. still... Just, yeah, got back on methadone again. Right. And, but I, you know, and I had that chick that was, you know, my girlfriend. That was, she was turning tricks and stuff. and But I couldn't even bullshit myself into thinking I was pimping her. Right, I just right. I just felt so... Low, know, And then when that guy, you know, when I was young, you know, being in 80, going, looking at that movie, going, man, I could play better than that motherfucker. And the guy, yes, sure. That's when you just had it. I I I was sick of myself. I had it with myself, and I just. Yeah, made a conscious effort. Yeah, yeah. It took me years after that before I quit drinking because drinking was not. A problem. Yeah, drinking isn't drinking, isn't quite like heroin. Yeah, drinking drinking didn't seem I mean I'm problem. not saying it can't be. Oh, but it can yeah, be it but can it, be but big It took time. a while yeah. to turn into any right. kind of problem for right. me because I just felt like wow man drinking ain't so bad. I right. fucking Well right? a lot I, of people I think you know, heroin addicts This is cool. This is cool, yeah. it's legal, man, you know. And a lot of heroin addicts go from, Yeah, dude trans from, yeah they yeah. like, get tired of being a criminal, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know I did, man. And, yeah and drinking was worked okay for Few years, really. Yeah, well, that's so, how it yeah. is. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you were finally fed up with the with the drug life, and yeah. uh, and actually made the call to Little Charlie. Yep, I called up, Called Little Charlie. You know, he had a some kind of funky gig. I think we, I can't remember what the first gig. We, there were two places where we played. Those first. So, how long before you actually moved to Sacramento? It wasn't long. Uh, I think I took a greyhound up there maybe two times. Uh-huh. You know, maybe a couple weeks apart, and then the next time I took a greyhound up there, I didn't. I didn't never came back. Wow. Either. Yeah, I just I was stayed on Steve Samuel's couch right, until, right. Until I could find a girlfriend with a job. Right, and then you ended up like with a few day jobs during that day. Later on when yeah. I got some self-respect. I, right, I. Right. or you worked at a, did you work at a rice? I worked at a rice mill. Rice mill, yeah. Yeah, I worked at a rice mill, that was pretty cool. I used to, I think I had, I used to, you know, like take pride in sliding out of work. Or right, doing, you right. You know, <laughs> sneaking by thinking I was slick or something. And I learned how to, you know, especially from like a a lot of Mexican immigrants. Right. That's where I really learned how to work, man. I have some, there was a lot of guys like that. man. guys from Mexico working there that really were, you know, proud of doing a good job and trying to do as good a job as they could, you know? Right. And also, little Charlie was like that too. You know, he was a guy that, he worked at his... uh, Worked at his job. Worked at his job. And and playing with him gave me a sense of pride and, you know, know, felt like I was doing something. Well, one of the things about Charlie that I noticed right away when I started working with him was just that if you played with him, you were not going to be content to rehash... You know what I'm saying? Um, well, you mean like Rehash the same stuff that uh, you... You kind of had to keep... Yeah, he was always... ...inventing stuff yeah. to stay on his plane where uh, he was. Whole, yeah, and that yeah. was great for me. And it was great. Yeah, that was great. That's for a good thing. Because, yeah. I mean, I had to learn to do something. Right. Because I had to figure out some way to not be an afterthought. Kind of to be know? keeping up. Yeah. To, 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 to keep, keep up, up. And to yeah. not be an afterthought right. with him, man, you know, sort of... Mm-hmm. I had to come up with my own, you know, and I ended up being able to write songs, which was right. a good way for me to, right? You know, uh, yeah. You were, my I mean, styles. such a big part. I mean, you know, obviously you were a bigger part of the band in a way than he was, to the extent of that you were the front, you know, yeah. I mean, the was, first person yeah. people would see, yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah, well, how kind of like I got to be Charlie. For right, that's what six, I'm saying. You got to be little years, Charlie. Can, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you don't right, know. right. But, and, but, when, and when he jumped ship, I mean, you know, you guys played, what, 31 years together or yeah, yeah. yeah. And when he finally left, I remember how freaked out you were. Oh, I didn't know what I was going to when, when that happened... And it was well, kind also of, because he had said he was going to quit. I know like you told me it was like kind of I, like almost like an annual yeah, thing. He was, always told me that, yeah. so I didn't believe him. Yeah, enough. it was then kind of I mean, like a uh, what is the story? Who wolf. Yeah, yeah, the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do, man, because he, you know, I had it made really in a way. Because right, because you were not the boss, and he yeah. he was a control freak right. in a way, and so he. Did everything, and right. you know the only thing he would do was like when it's time to make a getting time to make a record, he'd just get on my ass about about it. writing you got songs. songs you, right, you need to get some songs, you know. Right, and other than that, I you were be- a, basically just having to walk on stage, and that was yeah, it. I yeah, just, yeah. You know, that was my only responsibility: show up on the gig, come up with some songs. Right. So when he was really gonna quit, I was like. Kind of like, wow! What am I gonna do? Yeah, and and at the same time, Jay, who was playing drums with us at the time, and Lorenzo, they wanted to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And but I was really thinking. I mean, because to me, Little Charlie was an awesome musician, man. He oh was yeah, very compelling, and he yeah you know, people people you know, definitely responded to yeah, what man, he did. He, oh yeah, big he, time. He, he, so I I I didn't want to just get somebody that was really good, trying to do something similar to him. Because right. It would just be why you yeah. know yeah. So uh, I didn't know what to do, and I I went and played in Brazil. Uh, Flavio, you know Flavio. Right. Yeah. He, he uh, had been in touch with me year after year. Right. To come down there and and do a gig. Do a, do, yeah, do and do a tour. And do yeah. a little tour. And I never would do it because I just said, eh, you know, I got a gig, fuck, who cares, you know? Right. I mean, I like it and everything, but, you know, I'm lazy. Right. And, and but then when little Charlie, when I realized he's really going to quit, then I got off my ass and I did, I, I, I made a, I committed to doing that with Flavio, I think that was in a February or something. Right. And, and. And I also, then I thought, well, I need something to sell, so I made a well, Do-It-Yourself right. A CD. Right, which is a great CD. And and, and yeah. we still sell them. Yeah, and it's a great CD. A, a little uh, Do-It-Yourself CD, and I also made a instruction, uh, harmonic right. instructional thing, which is really cool and right. different, man. Right, and Because I knew I needed to teach people my name. Right. You know, just right. to even know my name because... Right. So you, you weren't almost, just Little yeah, Charlie, yeah. Think I, you know, because, right. you know, even today, man, I so, sometimes hear that shit. Do you? Yeah. Well, and, not as much, but, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it almost seems to me like you guys now have almost eclipsed. Yeah. I think you guys I, I, have eclipsed what it was with Little Charlie and the Nightcats. Yeah, yeah, just because it was so long ago. Like, I mean, as far as, so long as far as, like, being a national act. Yeah. And yeah, international. Yeah, Somewhat, yeah, I think. You I know, think in I the Bay, there was a time when you guys were really pretty high up there on the food chain in the Bay. Yeah, yeah. But I think internationally and nationally, you guys yeah. have really yeah. eclipsed it. Yeah, it's... You're doing... I'm grateful, man. We're doing all right now. But, but, yeah. But yeah, but that... So I I was kind of surprising in hindsight, like, the way I was, was able to get off my ass and... Put those things together, so forth, right. because I was, because um, I really was kind of scared, you know. I remember, and, yeah. And and freaked out, man. Like, what am I gonna? You do? You called me and said, "How am I gonna lead a band?" <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to, yeah, because yeah, I just thought, man, yeah. what a bunch of responsibility, right. man. And, and just, it is, yeah. And 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 uh, I thought, well, so I went down there and I played in Brazil. And he hooked me up with Igor, right? And and that's and I was in touch with Igor prior to going down there because he wanted to know what songs I was going to do, and so I was telling him these songs. You know, they were my songs, and he was like, "Oh, that's a classic," you know. And that's when I realized that there were young guys that were already that were that just like we learned from the guys right. we learned from, well, they learned from those guys, too, and right. they also learned from us. Right, right. You know, and and I was like, wow, man. And, and then I was, and I went down there, and I was like, fuck, you, you know, guys could play, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I was thinking, well, shit, I could just be like a, you know, low lower level. Uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry, yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Yeah. I could just go around. I wouldn't have to worry about, right looking out for, you know, other guys right. in the band, and I could just fly around with no, you know, yeah. other, you know, with all the responsibilities I had would be the same ones I had then, right. which is show right. up, right. you know, do, be who I am. Exactly. Um, So I was thinking that, and at the same time, Jay and Lorenzo wanted to keep it going, right. but I swear I couldn't think of anything, mm-hmm. you know. To, but then I was talking to Kid on the phone mm-hmm. one day, and he had helped me make those that that record, right? And because that was that might have been his first production, hmm. you know. Yeah, and, and he and he told me that he had just. Uh, uh, he he quit Charlie right, and Nemeth had fired him right because of his drinking. Yeah, 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 and 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 I just went, hey man, we want to try playing together, and he said sure, and that's when it started. Yeah, s- started man, and it was funny, man. You know, I mean, yeah. was, And how many albums like have ser- you guys done? It was just like, ser- you know, serendipity. Yeah, you know, just like, yeah, just meant to happen, seamless. You know, yeah, and it was. Great! Like when we first started that this band, um, we had a gig at this festival, kind of a small festival in uh, Washington State called um, Sunbank Festival. Oh yeah, yeah, Sunbank. Yeah, yeah. Kid knew that guy. The guy was a fan of Kid's. Right. So he got us on that. Right. So we're on that, and we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a record out or anything yet, you know, and. Uh, Kid had his own record out, so he was over at the CD area, and some woman came up to Kid and she goes, well, "Why'd you change the name of the band?" And he said, uh, "Well, you know, little Charlie uh, quit the band, so you know we had you know, we had to change the name," and uh, and she's got this confused look on her face, and she was just like. She goes, man, that new guy you got looks just like him, man. <laughs> so, so, so that's that, that was great. It's been like yeah. it's been like that for a long time. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. when we did have a record out right. and we we're touring, and I remember we were in Ithaca, New York. Right. And we had the first first album out. And and the first Rick Esther first, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 a woman Came up and she bought a record and she wanted me to sign it, you know. And so I, I signed it and sh- and she and she goes, oh, thank you, Charlie and and uh, and Jay. Yeah, you know, I just was like, whatever, you know. Yeah. Jay, Jay goes, you know, actually, that's Rick Espen If you look at the record, it says that on there, and you know that, you know, little Charlie was the guitar player in the band and he left the band and. And, and she actually she got mad at Jay, man. <laughs> She goes, I don't, I don't care what you want to call him. He's always gonna be Charlie to me. You know, so it's, it's pretty, that's pretty great. great. But yeah, it's it's yeah. Diminished a lot. I mean, yeah. like I, now people know my name more Right, more. right. So, Definitely. Yeah. So I how long has that been? Time, That's been... I bet you, yeah. I, I think if I just keep plugging away, I think But when I'm like 90. Right. No one's going to call you Charlie anymore. anymore. Almost no Almost one. Almost no yeah. one. Yeah. So how long have you guys had, have you and uh, Kid been playing together now? Since 08, beginning of Wow. Like, pretty, close, pretty Amazing. Pretty, pretty and lorenzo been with me over 20 years, That's man. amazing. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, and he's real good at what he oh, does. Oh man, he's killer, man. He's—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not saying just musically. I'm saying just he oh, seems to really he's, keep everything. He's, he was always together in terms of in business this, in this yeah. band, right? Th- without Charles, yeah. he was always the glue, and now he's taking a more proactive role. I mean, he—he right. he does some of the booking out of the country. You know, did he really? Yeah, he does some of the booking. Wow. You know, so not, he helps on the, Europe and in, stuff. Not in, not in. Uh, North America, but in Europe, but in, in, in Europe and stuff. Canada and not so much in Canada, but in in Europe. Yeah, and <clears> he and does South all America a, too. And he does all the travel and all that. He does the travel, travel. arrangements. He does a lot of stuff. Right, and, and right. you know. And then you have got a guy that can record that you. Soft. Yeah. Oh, and that's. You got perfect. you know a kid that can record you, and then you got now. Yeah, who's you know. No, it's awesome. It's yeah. a fucking. You know. And like you're saying, everybody gets along, and and everybody's yeah. on yeah. the same and page. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're friends. Yeah, you know, we we have a good time yeah. when we're not on the gig. We like we look forward to like driving the right. driving up and down Florida together and. Stopping at a Wawa and pulling right. down, man. We were so happy when we saw that Wawa exists down here, man. <laughs> I didn't know they had oh, it yeah. here. They, oh no, yeah, they didn't no. used to have it here, man. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So all up and down. Yeah. So yeah. So um, you guys got a new record coming out? We got a new record in the can. Yeah, we just have to. Uh, you know, I, I've been going back and forth with the record company about. Uh, it's always something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have been with Alligator, what? I've been with 30 Alligator. 30-something years? Yeah, man, I mean, 1986. Right, so almost 40 years. Yeah, so, That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm grateful as hell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't always agree with all of Bruce's opinions or anything, yeah. but, man... It's the label to be on. Yeah. It, yeah. Man, I mean, that's... I you know, for, for a, a I, blues I, I, business yeah, thing. I, yeah, man, I, I, yeah. I mean... I don't know where I'd be without him. I mean, I, you know, if, I, you know, look, I've i owned my house outright for I don't remember how long for yeah, years yeah, yeah decades you know right so, and I, that's strictly because I mean we worked hard but you know yeah. having a rec, having that record label behind you yeah especially back in the day man that was yeah. a big deal man big deal you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got yeah we got a new record. We're just trying to work out the cover art and stuff. you have like a Title We're for it. Button heads on the cover art. Yeah. It's called the hits keep coming. The hits keep coming. <laughs> Rick. Mark. Always a pleasure. It's great man. It's yeah. Great man. To, it's great to we Sorry I ran my mouth so much. No, no. That's what I, I guess want. That's what you're looking. for. I'm looking for, for, for that. There, yeah. Man. Absolutely. All right, Rick Estrin. All right.